tuning into episode 40, The Big 4-0, The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. So if you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com, and there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And questions, comments, uh, concerns, suggestions for new guests, please email me at contact at pathbackrecovery.com. And before we get started, again, this episode is brought to you by Bloom for Women, a project that I am absolutely passionate about. Bloom offers online programs, expert help, and an empathetic community to help women heal and strengthen and grow past the trauma of infidelity and betrayal. Whether that's betrayal from a spouse who has a pornography or sex addiction, or from the emotional betrayal of an affair, and I continue to hear amazing things from both clients and listeners who have taken advantages of the services that are offered by Bloom for Women. So just go to bloomforwomen.com, and they offer a free seven-day trial to go behind the curtain and see all the different programs that they have. But if you use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, when you sign up, then you get a free month of access to all of their evidence-based programs. And what I've been hearing incredibly good feedback for is their community that is designed to help heal and recover from betrayal trauma. So again, that's bloomforwomen.com and use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word. And speaking of coupon code virtualcouch, you can always use that at Eli's Extracts, E-L-I-S-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S.com. Again, Eli's Extracts, they've been with us for all 40 episodes, and they make an all-natural organic shave cream for head, faces, legs, you name it, and it's all scented with um, essential oils. So that's Eli's-Extracts.com, and use coupon code VIRTUALCOUCH for 25% off your entire order. All right, let me get to today's episode. So just uh, by way of a little bit of a background, a few weeks ago, I was asked to speak at the Summit Christian Church in Lincoln, California. And their pastor, Chris Young, had heard his wife, Lisa, listening to the virtual couch while she was getting ready in the morning. And as he told in the intro to episode 35, he didn't find me, I guess, completely annoying, which I viewed as the ultimate compliment. So Chris reached out to me, and I'm so grateful that he did. He's become a really good friend, and I've enjoyed talking with him immensely. And he asked me if I would be willing to come on and speak to his congregation on two separate occasions as part of a bigger series he had called Mind Your Own Busyness. And in this series, Chris attempts, his goal was to bring some practical applications to the spiritual lessons that he so often preaches to his congregation. And so in preparation for my visit to Summit, I watched one of the guests that he had on a couple of weeks before me on their, uh, through their website, and I'll put, put that in my show notes, but it's mysummit.church.com, I believe. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll include that in the show notes. But the person that was on happened to be a really good friend of mine named Drew Bartlett. And Drew is a, f- a fellow ultra marathon runner. He's also run the Western States 100 mile run uh, with me. And we've been on um, you know several long runs together just in training. And I've, I've been able to communicate and um, with Drew on numerous occasions and had no idea of how dialed in he was financially, his financial background. He teaches classes on helping people get their finances in order. Um, actually, Drew's uh, – actually, why haven't I Drew – I haven't asked Drew to come on yet. I need to do that. Drew went from a career in tech to starting a real estate business that sort of – I guess it kind of turns the traditional model of real estate on its head. And I know he's been extremely successful, but I digress. 
So um, Pastor Chris, as uh, they like to call him, PC, um, had Drew on and he was giving really very practical tips on finances. The kind where you're kind of listening and it's sort of like I've got one eye open, I'm kind of recoiling from the screen a bit because I know what he's saying is true, but it's uncomfortable because I'm not that great with the whole budgeting and goal setting part of finances. But Pastor Chris um, was has done a nice job of mixing in some of the practical tips on topics that are often at the front of stopping somebody from progressing spiritually. Uh, and and I got to tell you, as somebody who works with a lot of, you know, obviously as a therapist or works with a lot of people who struggle with uh, especially things like addiction, a lot of these things get, are, are what are getting in the way of people uh, being able to overcome things like addiction. So if your finances aren't in order, if your marriage isn't very successful, if you feel like you're not a very good parent, if you're in a career that you don't like, guess where the brain likes to go to escape, to cope, to kind of check out, likes to go to any of those kind of um, any of those behaviors, those those addictions. So so I think it, I love what Pastor Chris is doing of trying to give some practical advice and tips on how to get your finances in order, your marriage better, become a better parent, that sort of thing. So the, the finances, marriage, and, and marriage was the, the episode 35 of the podcast on the virtual couch where Pastor Chris had asked me to come on and I talked about um, EFT, emotionally focused therapy, which I just absolutely love with regard to improving our marriage. But he asked me to come on and talk about parenting on this one. So, and he does a great job, Pastor Chris does, in challenging me beforehand to come up with what he calls four big rock items to anchor the interview around. And so I want to tell you this episode features another one of my passions, my soapbox topics. It's parenting through what is called the nurtured heart approach. And there's a, it's by, developed by Howard Glasser. I've got an entire episode on it, I believe episode 25. But there's a book called Transforming the Difficult Child, The Nurtured Heart Approach, which is an amazing book. And this nurtured heart approach, um, I, I use it as a parent and I believe in it. I, I preach it. I teach it. And I really think that this episode kind of gets to the nurtured heart approach in a pretty quick way, these four big rock items that Pastor Chris asked me to kind of dial in on. But this is something I just, I love speaking about. And if you happen to be interested in uh, in having me come speak to your church or organization, school, uh, corporation, again, not just for parenting, but corporate trainings, you name it, you can shoot me a note at contact at pathbackrecovery.com and uh, we can see if that might work schedule-wise. But for those who might be new to the podcast, we're going to now cut into the interview that Pastor Chris did with me at, at Summit Christian Church here. It was a few weeks ago in early February 2018. And you can find links to the video of this interview on my Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist Facebook page. And as well as on, I have a Vimeo page uh, for Pathback Recovery. And there's a bunch of, not a bunch of, but we're starting to record more of the podcast episodes and videos. So I try to put those up there when I can. And on that note, I'll have some exciting kind of web page based news that I'll be announcing soon, hopefully in the future episodes. That'll So there'll be kind of more of a, a hub of where um, I can kind of post videos and podcasts and we can have comments and discussions and that sort of thing. I talked a little while ago on the podcast as well about a, a forum that I'm creating that will be uh, having to do with um, pornography addiction, compulsive sexual behavior, and that's almost done as well and kind of have some people sampling that and really excited about that. Just a lot of ways that I, that I, that I hope we're going to be able to bring people together to be able to communicate more about these topics, parenting. Um, uh, addiction, um, communication, uh, couples, marriage, that sort of thing, just to kind of uh, build on uh, on a lot of the good feedback that I'm hearing so that we can overall help people to improve their marriages, improve their careers, improve their um, feelings around parenting, which I think all, again, lead to helping people live more fulfilling lives, which then lead to 
less need to kind of check out and uh, go elsewhere as far as, uh, especially with regard to addiction. Um, But for now, you can check that Facebook page if you want links to this video. And again, as always, I appreciate the wonderful feedback. Please keep it coming. Many episodes to come in the future, especially some to answer questions. And I'm always grateful for those who take a minute to leave a positive review or a good rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Okay, so now let's uh, let's cut in there to me being interviewed by Pastor Chris Young from Summit Christian Church in Lincoln on how to be an even better parent. Fantastic. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited that we have a thank you. I'm so excited that we have a church that celebrates family, that has family, that attracts family, and that uh, nurtures the family environment. And we are in the middle of a message series uh, right now called Mind Your Own Busyness. And the idea is for you and I to produce more with the busyness that we put into every moment of our life. Because often what happens is we do a lot of things and it doesn't produce much and then we get to the end of the year and we're exhausted and we're disappointed and we're frustrated and we think, well, if I just tweak this and change this a little, it'll change the trajectory of how I do my life. And the truth is there has to be intentionality in every area of your life. And so we've talked about faith and we've talked about finances and then the last couple of weeks we talked about marriage And we're going to be shifting to parenting now. And I want to say this, if you're not yet a parent, this is good to start getting into sort of your mental makeup right now and know that God cares deeply about how you raise your kids, about how you draw the best out in your kids. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It says, you children must obey your fathers and mothers for that pleases the Lord. We love that as parents, right? If we could just paint that on their wall as we're stenciling out and doing our, you know, our Pinterest stuff and we just put that nice and scrolly, this pleases God when you obey me. But then it goes on to say, parents, don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. So somewhere in between a disobedient child and us as parents breaking their spirit is the perfect tension in which we as parents bring out the best in ourselves as we allow God to bring out the best in our kids as we allow God to bring out the best in ourselves. And that's difficult. What I just said fits perfectly into this little sentence and maybe even into a great Facebook meme. Something you can throw on Instagram and you're going to get a million likes on it because people want to feel like they can succeed as parents. But if you look around, you're going to find out that most of us confront some real frustration in parenting. And so I hope you were here two weeks ago and we had therapist Tony Overbay with us. He did some really, really good stuff for us on marriage. And I said, I want to have him back because we as parents need some really good practical advice on how to bring the best out in our kids. So will you help me welcome Tony Overbay with us again? I I appreciate that. And I... I want you to know, before we, before we begin, two weeks ago, Pastor Chris talked a lot about White Castle and his, the hamburgers, <laughs> yeah. and so I came prepared for intervention, but it sounds like everything turned out okay. It did. Okay. I didn't gain a pound okay. while I was... And I think we can move on. Amen. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think I've earned gaining a pound. So anyway, I... Uh, yeah. 
we'll have to, I'll have to treat you to some White Castle. I have a way of making the frozen ones that are pretty good. All right. Introduce you to the, so how have you been? Good. And, and I, I appreciate I, when I, that scripture in particular, I think most parents then hope that the kids don't continue to read, right? The part about <laughs> that uh, right. don't scold your children. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's and, and I also want to, you know, you brought me on two weeks ago to talk about marriage and now I'm talking about parenting and Please don't think that I think that I know everything, but I can really make it sound like I do. <laughs> and so there will probably be some of that today well, as well. Well, that's good. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, we got a ton, a ton. If you missed that one, uh, go online, or actually probably the quickest way to do it because you can do it anywhere is get the app and then hit on messages and um, you can watch that. And I actually went back and watched it because I was sort of engaged in the process of making sure that we're ending on time and all that good stuff and getting all the points out. And um, so I didn't have a chance to listen as intently as I did. And I went back and listened to it and I just thought it was so, so good. And I've had several people who came up and just said, thank you for doing it this way. And so I know a lot of people really enjoy, um, not that scripture doesn't speak to us and not that a spiritual application isn't relevant. It's just sometimes we think, um, just give me some practical everyday tools. Scripture advocates for all that. So what we're doing here is scriptural for sure. It's just sometimes we need to do it in a language that everybody appreciates and understands. Yeah. So the idea is for us, um, we're not going to solve all parenting problems this morning, um, but the idea is to bring out the best in us um, because sometimes I think when we're frustrated as parents, mm we regret a lot of the things we do as parents to bring out the best in our kids. So we're either over-controlling or we're um, over-permissive. There's just, we don't ever feel like we've struck the perfect balance of how to parent. Maybe we don't ever get there. But there's a lot of frustration as a parent, especially as our kids get older and they grow more independent. And we start seeing things from them that we didn't see from them as a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old. So um, hopefully, I, I, you brought you and I got to meet, and you gave me these things, and I absolutely loved them. Um, but we're going to talk about bringing out the best in our kids. Sure. And so, what's the number one thing that we can start doing right now? Yeah. So, and uh, so the first thing I think we can do is we have to be willing to invite um, uncomfortably but honest communication. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, if I can kind of set a stage, and I also want you to know that you're going to hear a lot of things that we talk about today, where you're going to say. I've tried that, hmm. you know, and I'm sure that we have, and this is more of kind of a framework. It's okay. a nice thing for both parents, if that's the case in the family, to at least be working off of the same playbook right. when, when they're talking about parenting. Um, but I like to think of this in terms of as well, if you are, think of this as you're 30 minutes into the woods on a hike and you want to get out in five. I mean, that's what we want to do. We want, we want to leave here today and try to implement some of these things. And if they don't work, we're like, well, that didn't, that didn't work. Right. So what's next? Okay. So I know that that's, that that's going to maybe be some of the feeling today, but this is a, um, again, we're, we're looking at an evidence-based uh, model that j- just builds strength and inner character, inner wealth in our kids. And, and I use it with, um, in business. I use it in my interactions with friends. Yeah. And I think it's an overall good communication technique. So I kind of want to throw that out there. So inviting the uncomfortably honest communication, I just want to set the stage. When I work with teenage clients in particular, and I don't use a lot of all or nothing statements, but it, one of the things I can count on is if I have a teenager in there, first of all, they didn't wake up that day and say, 
can I go talk to a bald guy about all my feelings? <laughs> I mean, that's never happened, right? right? Okay. So already they don't want to be there, and they're going to let me know they don't want to be there. Mm. And one of the ways you can build rapport, other than food, which I have in my office as well, right? but you, you typically I'll say, you know, if your parents ever said that they want you to be able to come and talk to them about anything, and usually, yeah, you know, yeah. that's one of those all or not. Yes, pretty much every parent has said that. And then I say, well, what happens if you then wreck a car or get a ticket or fail a class or that sort of thing? Right. And then they say, well, they come unglued, right? Yeah. So then I say, okay, next time you have one of those, you can come to me with anything kind of thoughts. What do you do? And either the, 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 the team doesn't want to talk about it, right. or now they've entered in the realm of controlling information. So, mm. and, and now we're off, right? So I'm, I don't know if that rings a bell for a lot of parents, but at that point then, we will still then go back and say, no, really, you can tell me anything, <laughs> just not the stuff I want to hear. Yeah. And, and if you do tell me those sort of things, be prepared for my wrath, but still come back and tell me more. Wow. So we're kind of really start setting the stage for um, not a lot of success there, yeah. right? So one of the first things I like to say is, um, I mean, this is, and I don't want any parent to feel uh, like this is a bad thing. We, this is why we like new tools, why we yeah. like to have a, a playbook to work off of, because we mean that well. It, we're going to react when somebody wrecks the car. Right. I mean, but we're going to work on what that response is. Okay. So we're going to work on, if they come to us, we are grateful that they have come, come to us. And so, and, and that, which kind of leads into the second thing that I want to talk about today, which is now we try to refuse to fall into the trap of feeding negativity. This becomes huge. This is an, uh, it's, a, it's a refusal to draw into or energize negative or rewarding behavior. Hmm. Um, this is kind of a stand of just not doing that. And, and uh, that was a big dramatic thing to say don't, right? I, right. I, I felt like that didn't quite pay off. <laughs> but this is a part where, and we've all heard this, we wanna, we're going to get to this place where we want to energize the positive behavior and we want to not react to the negative. Our kids, our, every, our spouses at times, they know how to push our buttons. And oftentimes I say it's as if we're walking around holding our buttons out for our, our hmm. uh, teenagers and saying, you want to you push, right? <laughs> I mean, you want to see me react, yeah. all right? Then yeah. push one of these. And so I think that one of the things we need to do is we need to learn how to first kind of hide our buttons. You know? okay. And that's by that not rewarding negativity. There was, uh, I remember in grad school, one of the things that, and maybe we've all heard this, where people will say, um, kids want attention, either positive or negative. And, right. I, and I would nod my head, but I thought, that doesn't make sense. You know, that yeah. Why would they want the negative attention? Well, then I found myself one day, and I came home from work, and, uh, and I think even the dog wasn't there at the door, and my kids are all doing homework, and nobody's paying attention. I'm cracking <laughs> some jokes. Nobody cares that I'm there at all. And so then my wife's making dinner, and I walk up to her, and I can't get anybody to do anything, so I start eating stuff out of the pans, and I'm just, and she finally turns around and is like, what? You know? And I remember going, oh, I, I yeah. wanted attention, yeah. be it positive or negative, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I had that negative attention, and that did kind of reward me. Well, not in a good way, I might yeah. add. So we're trying to learn how to not, not react. I mean, that is the case. Now, there's some kind of, uh, I, I jot down a couple of other notes here. There's some kind of deep uh, psychology 101 here, too. If we react automatically, if we go to our child and we want to find out why, why they did something, what's going on, and we kind of call back some of those um, EFT techniques from two weeks ago, yeah. 
you know, we really want them to be able to tell us. We want to turn off that fixing and judgment brain, and we want them to be able to say, you know, here's my thoughts or here's what's going on for me. Right. But now when we react, then they're going to, again, they're going to hide. Hold right? back. Yeah. Or if they don't want to talk to us, here's our buttons. If they press some of these, you know, get away from me, old man, right? We're like, how dare you call me that? Now they don't have to deal with, they don't <laughs> right. have to look inward. Yeah. Now, now they're just, okay, I just bought another day, you know, mm. or whatever. So mm. we're going we're gonna to refuse to energize that negative behavior. So what, um, so a parent might be listening and say, oh, so there's no consequences hey, oh, exactly. when they behave negatively. I just pretend like it didn't happen. Exactly. What's the difference no, I, between that's not, the way. not yeah. energizing negative behavior and not? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're kind of working me right into point three. Well, was that on purpose? No. Oh, it was well done. Um, and I want to, one more thing here that uh, there's a couple of concepts and, and we're even talking about, this is all based on, it's a, it's called the nurtured heart approach. Yeah. And there's a book that I love called Transforming the Difficult Child, the Nurtured Heart Approach. And, and that's what this is about. So, um, so we're not saying that you never have to, you know, they can do whatever they want and we don't react. Yeah, we're definitely not doing that. But kind of the first stance that we're trying to take is not react, not okay. reacting to that negative. Um, th- there's, a, there's this concept in, it's in the Nurtured Heart Approach. They talk about, this is, uh, it's called video game parenting, meaning that um, when, you know, kids are so used to playing video games that when a character dies, it's a quick reset and they're right back in the game. Okay. We want to get them to where in life, the game is a, is a positive experience, so we want them to want to be in the game. Hmm. We, we don't want them to go to their rooms. We don't want them to hide. We don't want to say, you know, all right, you're grounded, stay away for a couple of days. You know, we want them to want to be in the game. Okay. We want them to want to interact with us and want to ask us things and, and know that we can be there for them. So, um, so we're going to start moving our default settings toward uh, its gratitude and appreciation. Sometimes we're so used to, if we don't know what that looks like, that mm. we're just thinking, okay, I can get super mad at this person and, and show them that I really want them to change right. instead of kind of looking at that of, okay, how can I start pointing out the good things that they do, not, not being energized by the negative. Um, and then that's where we're going to start kind of moving this entire paradigm. So I did duck your question. No, no, get back that, to no, it, it's though. good. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you that I watched, um, yeah. because I wasn't familiar with the, the nurtured heart approach. And uh, before we went there in the service, I thought, well, I want to, I want to really look into it. And um, I'll just tell you this: the the name of the book, which we have sixteen copies only, we we got more of the Hold Me Tight. We sold out of those, the marriage one, and we've got four more copies out there. So grab those if you didn't grab them. This is out there right now. There's sixteen copies. Um, it says transforming the difficult child, and I'll just give you a heads up that. If you go, well, my child's not difficult, this book is still really, really good because all these tools are really, really good. And I guess there's thousands of schools across mm. the country that are using this, and it's being used therapeutically, and it's being used in business settings, and it's being used, it's a really, really good communication tool. And I thought, well, what's a, I want to see it in action. So I, I was on YouTube, and I, I typed it in, and I watched this um, classroom setting, and there was two situations. And one was, um, there was a special needs student and he looked high school age. He was a pretty big boy, um, easily could probably overpower this teacher, this aide that was with them. And they were outside on this patio in front of the classroom. And the, uh, the boy was kind of, he was real big and he was stomping around and you could tell he was angry. And he went up to the, and again, he was very special needs. So he was kind of in that behavior mode and he was getting ready to hit the glass. 
And he pulls his hand back and he goes, and he just really lightly taps the glass. Now, my old school nature is, buddy, you break that glass, you're right. in a lot of trouble. The, the aide or the teacher said, you know, Brandon, I'm so proud of you that you, you really held back. You didn't hit the glass very hard. I know you're feeling frustrated right now. I know you're working through some big emotions, but that was awesome how you held back. I can tell you're calming yourself down. And as he starts getting sort of praise for the positive mm-hmm. that he did right. instead of recognition for the negative he did, he did. You could tell he swelled up with a little bit of pride. He started calming himself down. Um, I watch another classroom setting in which the teacher uh, is asking these really young elementary students, well, what does a chicken do? And um, nobody really, or she says, uh, you know, um, um, you know, Alex, what, is a, what does a chicken do? And he, he just sits there and he doesn't have an answer. And this is an opportunity where a student normally would have felt dumb for not knowing how a chicken behaves or that he clucks. And he, she says, Alex, um, would it be okay if, if um, Sarah answered the question and gave you some help? And she says, a chicken clucks. And she says, Alex, thank you for letting Sarah help you in that moment. You guys make a great team. Now here he's feeling pride and a sense of accomplishment for not even knowing the answer. Right. And I don't think it's not, so I am, I hate the, everybody gets a ribbon approach. Sure. I think it's produced a lot of really uh, unpredicted negative things that have happened. I don't think that this is the blue ribbon approach. Am I right? Yeah, no, this isn't just right. rewarding them for everything. No, but it's we're, acknowledging we're, we're, the positive. And we're shifting that whole, so uh, I, I'll tell you, I have to, I'll make this really quick, but the training I went to, um, I had a pen and a paper and I'm sitting there at the table and I'm kind of ready. And some, the woman walks over and she puts her hand on my shoulder and she's like, I can tell you're ready to learn. Hmm. You know, I'm, I, I can tell you're happy to be here and you're going to take something away from this. I thought, man, she's right. You know, that, that is a smart woman, you know? <laughs> and so then uh, she gets up there and it turns out she's yeah. the one teaching the class. And yeah. she's like, how many of you did I, you know, say this to? And I'm like, oh man, you know? <laughs> and then, and so I was like me and she's like, how did you feel? And I was like, well, like you were awesome. And I even paid more attention. I wanted to show you I'm on this. Right. And she's like, how many of you did I ignore? I mean, a couple people. Yeah. What did you think about? And they're like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. So, and I, and, and honestly, that's still to this day, yeah. even though it happened, I still feel like, okay, she got me. That yeah. was good. I liked it. it I, you know, I reacted. And I remember going home that day, and this wasn't the button-pushing day, but it was, you know, I thought, okay, let's try this out. Uh, and so I see a couple of my kids playing, and the first thought as a parent is, oh, I'm not interrupting them, right? Because yeah. if I do, then they want juice or somebody's mad or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I thought, I'm, I'm normal. I'm already starting to kind of creep by, and then I think, oh, gosh, okay. I, I got to put this in action. Yeah. So I say, I was about to, you know, I say, daughter... I was going to say names, but, you know, uh, one daughter, I love how you're playing with my, your little sister. It just shows me you know, what a great big sister you are, and I can't wait for you to teach her these things when you're older. Yeah. And they both look at me like, what is dad, you know? <laughs> and, but then she's like, yeah, that's right. And yeah. then they kind of do whatever. And where I felt bad in a loving way is yeah. then, I swear for the next week, whenever I walk by, they could be on opposite side of the rooms. All of a sudden, well, we got to play together, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, look, dad, you know, I'm like, hey, look at you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it really is, it's, it's, it's so we're not, you know, we're, we're not acknowledging that negative. And we're really accentuating that positive and kind of building that, uh, that inner character, that inner wealth. You reminded me, um, 
So there are some techniques there that I love, and it's talking about just being able to recognize. Some of you might leave today, and it's like, if I go home and start telling my kids, I love the way you play together, guys, yeah. because it shows me they're gonna, they are going to say, what in the heck is going on, right? <laughs> now, I still think it's worth what, what it. What kind of Kool-Aid did you drink at Exactly, church, right? Yeah. And I still think that's a good thing. But in the Nurtured Heart Approach, they talk about these recognition techniques, and I love these. Um, the first one they talk about is active recognition. They call them Kodak moments. Most of these have a camera name, which also makes me laugh because I know some kids don't know that a camera isn't a phone, right? But so Kodak moment. Kodak moment is just active recognition. People don't even get recognized. I, I have so many clients that will sit in my office and say, it doesn't really matter what I do. Nobody pays attention. Nobody sees hmm. me. Nobody hears me. Wow. So active recognition is just, you know, hey, there, there you guys are, you know, watching TV. I mean, I know it sounds silly, <laughs> but, but sometimes yeah. people just think, my parents don't even know that I'm there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so active recognition. It's, you know, I see you have a book open or, uh, you know, and I, I see that you're doing your homework. I mean, right? that is a good feeling. We yeah. want that acknowledgement, that yeah. recognition. The second one is called a Polaroid moment. The Polaroid, Polaroid moment um, is where you are kind of saying, you know, uh, I, I, I notice and I appreciate what you're doing. Hmm. And now, so we've got this, we are not acknowledging. And then it's also, I appreciate that you're doing that. So it kind of takes it up a level. The third one, the third camera um, moment is a canon moment. And in the Nurtured Heart Approach, the, the concept here, this is the one I love. This is the one that says, um, it's kind of what you talked about in that example. So this is one where you, you know, I see that you're doing your homework and that really makes me proud because I'm yeah. excited for your future. I mean, I know that with that work ethic, you're on to big things. You know, that's, that's where you get to instill some of what your values or your hopes or your dreams are and as well as acknowledging. Right. And so those canon moments, I think, are the most powerful. And that's when, when you, and I have parents all the time that say, look, I had nothing. You know, he won't get out of bed. He won't come down to school, whatever it is, right? right? You can go in a room and it's even, you know, hey, I appreciate this patch of, of carpet that I can see <laughs> because that shows me that you, you know, really want. That you started yeah, yeah. something Maybe there. That was a bad example, but I was close, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, you really do. And I, and I remember uh, I also had a client at one point that didn't want to come in at all. And in, and in the past, I would have said, well, they're not getting out of the car. And the parent had came in, and I would have said, no, what can I do, right? Yeah. So then I, I went out to the car, and yeah. it was just like, hey, I just, if you don't even come in here, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm so grateful that you even got in the car and got to this place because, you know what, that's a big step. Yeah. So if I can do anything, let me know. And, of course, now he gets out and yeah. lives happily ever after, right? <laughs> so that was a great one. Uh, and then there's even then there's a fourth level of recognition, which is creative recognition. And this one is they use this phrase of where you're hijacking your kids into success. This is one where, you know, you can say, you know, uh, hey, I would love if you could do this because that would really show me that or it would help me with. Or So, you know, now if we've kind of built this other inner wealth in this child right. and they are kind of, I want to be in the game, um, then that's these areas where they now know how the game is played. Yeah. So it's like if I can help in this way, it's going to feel good. There's this bond with my parent. Right. So, I, I mean, I love those kind of those recognition moments. Which I think sounds like a good segue into number three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then that is, yeah, I kind of just uh, ran through number three, didn't I? But that is the seizing every <laughs> moment to fuel success. Yeah. And, uh, and, this, and I'm going to be, as a parent of four teenagers right now, it can be exhausting. And, but I think that this is the part where, um, and we feel like, well, I've tried these things before. But I feel like if we really haven't put all that we have into this, if we really have, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of times, and I don't, we can't be perfect at this, I know. And that's kind of where um, we need to learn to be a little bit humble with this too, a little bit right. of some humility. So um, 
we, we maybe do try to acknowledge some things, but then at this point, if we're pretty good at then kind of going back and showing our buttons and exploding and, and that sort of thing, oftentimes even when we try to do good, our kids are viewing that as, okay, this is a setup, yeah. right? This is an ambush. Yeah. You know, he's saying, hey, I really like what you did today. And it's like, what's coming next? But you need to clean your room and you need to do these sort of things, right? right? So when we can kind of get to this place where it feels genuine and natural, and that only happens through seizing every opportunity you can to fuel success, not walking by the playroom because you don't want to have to get them juice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes you're going to have to get them some juice. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, it is going to be worth it. The nurtured heart approach also, I remember this training, they handed out, a, it was five pages, and it was things to say instead of good job. And I mm. almost feel bad saying now to this part because you're going to start to notice how often maybe you say, good job. Yeah. We feel like, well, that's doing well. But, you know, good job. And it's better than saying bad job, I guess, right? <laughs> um, but good right. job, you know, we want to move that into some specifics. So it's some of this active recognition. Uh, if, I have to tell you, too, I leaned over to Pastor Chris when he was handling uh, Jordan. It was yeah. a sweet bow tie, by the way. Right? It was, right? Um, when he was w- walking on the stage. And that is one, right, where there could have been some negative expression. Yeah. Hey, give me that microphone or whatever. And, man, you handled that. was nurtured heart. Right? Oh. Yeah. It's well done. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never, I haven't even read the book yet. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. There you go. Um, yeah, and I, I, I tend to say this a lot when people are having um, difficulty integrating a behavior into their into their Christian walk into their uh, which of course permeates marriage and all that um, is do something long enough for God to bless it mm-hmm. you can't do it one day and then go well that didn't work right it has to be like you said um, integrating it to the degree that it feels natural where it is the predicted behavior as your kids come to you, and they put out that emotional bid, and they're waiting just to see, am I going to get old dad? Yeah. Or am I getting this weird new dad that I can't quite figure out? And even if there's a little, I've had, um, I've had marriage situations where I've encouraged them, just go home and be loving, and just um, sort of meet their frustration with love, and, and just try, try not to react to all the things. And the thing I hear back sometimes is, well, they just made fun of me. They're like, what are you, some big spiritual? Right. You're better than me. You don't react now. Yeah. And it really discourages them. But I think it also is, like you were saying, they know where the buttons are. They're, yeah, tr- they're trying to find your yeah. button and go, I know if I make fun of them, I'm going to get the old version. Absolutely. And it puts us back on the same plane. I love that. And that's, uh, and that's where I think humility, uh, vulnerability, all those good therapist yeah. words come in too. Where being able to say, yeah, I am trying to change, right? And, right. and that's where a nice, uh, and, and I'm sorry if it doesn't feel genuine, but we're doing all we can to make that change, yeah. right? You had talked about, um, and so I think that now, I just want to bring some awareness at first to some of this, these recognition techniques. Mm-hmm. Also, just be aware of when you do react negative, right? That's step one. Go home today, and if you, and if you can stop yourself once from kind of overreacting, yeah. that's big, right? That, there's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of growth. I know we're getting close on time, and, we, and number four is, is really going to kind of wrap things up, but I love to talk about this whenever I get a chance to speak, but we often do have this, um, when we talk about habits or how long things take, and I right. like how you said, hey, I tried it a day or two, 
Um, there's, a, there's a pretty good myth out there of, of, with habit change, and I don't know if, uh, how many of you have ever heard it takes you know, 21 days to create right. a habit, right? And so I researched this one long and hard a long yeah. time ago. That actually comes from, I think it was World, World War I, a plastic surgeon was out on the battlefield, and people who had lost limbs would report after about 21 days they never, no longer felt the phantom mm. limb pain. And then psychologists went nuts with that and wrote papers about, well, the brain changes in three weeks. So I get people all the time that are saying, I've tried parenting things for three weeks, it doesn't work. I've tried running for three weeks, it doesn't wow. work. Whatever it is, so I must be a failure. Yeah. Which, you know, then here comes that guilt and shame, which yeah. doesn't help either. But uh, this is the good news, bad news. So the good news is, if it still doesn't work after three weeks, it, you're, not, you're okay. The bad news is it might take a little while longer, right? right. So um, depending right. on the habit, it can be anywhere from maybe three months to six months or more. Yeah. But, but, that, but I, and, and, and if, you, if you mess up a day or two, it's okay. It doesn't right. set you back to zero. Right. So I just, I don't know, I think that's important to say too. Um, so number four though, this is the part now where if we ended now, you would probably feel like, okay, yeah, so I just have to acknowledge nice and don't do anything else, right? <laughs> so number four is you can clarify rules that you can follow and, and rules that you can enforce. So I, the big picture here is now, um, if you are the person that comes down, you are the punisher. You are the one that says, right. you are, here's my buttons, don't do that again, I can't believe you did that, those sort of things. So now we're back to that way we set things up. So is child going to come to you with difficult things? Probably right. not. So in this, in this model, um, now we're going to, and I always say, you get, some, you get some brownies going, maybe, that smell of brownies in yeah. the air. You have a nice family meeting, and you, you know, we do, we talk about, hey, what are the big challenges in our family? Is it too much time on phones? Is it too much time on video games? Is it not enough you know, connected time as a family? Whatever that looks like. And now we have, we have your kids kind of start to work on what those, you know, those consequences are. Okay. And, uh, and there are kids out here, huh? You kind of lovingly <laughs> manipulate that, those yeah. so that the consequences kind of do fit things that Match you're pretty comfortable to, with. Yeah. yeah. So if it's, you know, if somebody's on their phone for a long time, you know, a natural consequence isn't, I don't know, we throw, you know, uh, cotton balls at them. That one doesn't <laughs> quite work, right? So, but we're going to help kind of maneuver right. that. But the whole goal is you're moving from that role of punisher to you are a, you know, the spiritual strength. You're the, the person who they go to to help them and guide them. Right. So now we have these rules that are, that I always like to say, we post them on the refrigerator. Yeah. And the brownie thing was to kind of set the tone. Because when kids smell brownies, and they'll kind of, they are easily manipulated. And that's a fact, <laughs> I think. But so then we have rules yeah. that say, if we're on our phone for too long, what should happen? Some kid's going to say, man, we should take it away for a day. And we go, I don't know. That sounds like a, you know, a good idea. But so in the grand scheme of things, there's these rules now that are there. So they're tangible rules. And they're clarified, and we can enforce them, and we have to enforce them. The difference becomes now when kid doesn't do homework or doesn't come mm -hmm. when, where they're supposed to. Now you're no longer the the, the punisher. You're the oh man that you know. Yeah, oh, I'm I am, sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry that that happened. And then it's like, but I know that you're going to make it through this punishment, and I can't wait. And if I can do anything, you know, if you if you need me to help with something while you're while you're being punished, right. and that's another moment where they go, what is going on here? Yeah. You know. Because um, they want to be angry. They're and then you said the even at the end of the yeah. punishment, give positive right. acknowledgement. I love the way you did that, for, right? Yeah, yeah you, you handled that like a champ. Yeah. I mean, I, gotta, I have a good feeling that, that you won't be doing that behavior again because I, I, I know I, I know that that meant something to you. Yeah. So it just shifts. So, so there's the part where there's still consequences. You still get to work through those, but you've shifted from punisher to supporter. And uh, because I think that that's, you know, we want to be the person that they can look to for strength. And, and if I can tie this 
kind of together. I did. I jotted down a little bit of note there. So um, the model I often think of is it's what you were talking about earlier. I mean, it's it's Christ, right? When we when we read about Christ and um, the, we look at the characteristics of Christ, right. it's 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 humble and forgiving and loving and kind and and nurturing and yep. all of these things. So. Um, why wouldn't we want to be that way with our kids who we've been tasked to take care of here right. on, on the earth? Right. right? So this, I, I feel like um, that this gives us a nice framework to kind of move from that, you know, that punisher yeah. over to a more Christ-like love for our kids. Well, and then uh, Gavin can make his way back up. Something that <clears throat> I dealt with 18 years of youth pastoring, I'd have a lot of parents sit down and and they'd be facing big frustrations because it felt like their it felt like their child was in this season of just overt rebellion. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I would help them do is differentiate between rebellion and stupidity because teenagers are uh, not fully developed emotionally, not fully developed mentally, and they tend to make um, poor choices not always out of rebellion, but sometimes sure. just because they haven't formulated the best yeah. way to behave in that moment. And so I'd say, well, does this feel like they're rebelling against you? Does this just feel like they're being a dumb teenager? Because yeah. that, that is possible for them to be a dumb teenager. And then I um, would say, well, what is it that you're finding most happens? Well, they're coming home late. And I said, well, what's the curfew? Well, I mean, we didn't have, well, I mean, we didn't have a curfew. Right. And I'd go, well, how is it late then? Yeah. I mean, is three in the morning late or is 11 o'clock at night late because there isn't a defined, well, they should know better. There you go. Yeah. And there's, we have all these ideas of maybe the way we were brought up or we just go, you should know better to not. And they go, well, how would I know better? And so I love the idea in bringing it back to God's word as you were just talking about. We look at God's word and he's consistent through scripture and he's clear through scripture. Now we can choose in rebellion to ignore all those things, but it's not as if they're not stated. God clearly tells us, do not do this. And God also tells us why not to do that. One, if God said it, we should just do it anyway because God said it and we just fall under that authority. But how often have we fallen under the authority just because God said it? God does a lot of if-then principles. He'll say, if you'll do this, I'll bless you and I'll give you this. But if you do this, you're going to live under a curse. You're going to live under the consequences of your choices. You can accept me, you can reject me, but just know there's blessing that comes from accepting me and following me and obeying me. And there's consequence that comes from that. And if we can sort of from a Um, I I like combining nurtured heart and father's heart perspective come from the heavenly father's perspective. A lot can happen. And like you said, I love that you said, we're not going to get this perfect. We're going to fail. But if we can use that failure and keep moving us incrementally forward a year from now, at the end of 2018, we're going to be in a lot better position with our kids than we are today. And I don't even think it stops with when our kids leave the house. Absolutely not. Or that they're too young because this is the time to start. You know, we had a lot of babies up here. This is the time to start really developing how we're going to raise our kids because it's not a, we don't have it in our genetics to just default be good parents. 
It's a, it's a fight to do that. You have any closing thoughts you want to leave us with? No, I, I just uh, start to bring some awareness to it. Again, don't feel like you have to be perfect about this, and, and it will take time. And if, if, you, if there are two parents in the home, if we can kind of get on the same page, yeah. if not, reach out. Reach out to somebody that you can maybe have some sort of an accountability partner. Sometime if you do, um, if you're not perfect at this, somewhere where you can kind of go and just be able to, to blow off a little bit of steam because it does get frustrating. I'm a therapist for however long with four kids and, and uh, maybe I blew it last night, you yeah. know, where you kind of get a little bit angry and, and you do get frustrated. But then, you know, it's good to be able to kind of step back and, and just know that above all I want my kids to be able to come to me I want yeah. to be a, I want to be a source of strength to them and I want them to know that if they do because of stupidity because of rebellion um, that if they are if they need me that I will be there for them right and and so in in the only way we're going to do that is even in some of these small victories and kind of the low-hanging fruit that we're going to do and that and that's why I love even the concept of just going and actively recognizing them yeah our kids want to be recognized yeah. you know um, it please go out of your way. And I often think this too, if I have that thought that, uh, that I should just go up to my daughter's room and check in or shoot a quick text, but sometimes I feel like I'm too busy, hmm. follow that thought. I mean, yeah. I feel like that is the spirit of Christ telling you at that moment, maybe somebody needs something. And, and whether you've all experienced this, I get it all the time in my practice where somebody has said, and then out of the blue, somebody just dropped by or somebody sent me a text or somebody just gave me a call and that's what I needed at that moment. Yeah. And I feel like our kids are, they need that all the time. And so the more that you can kind of follow that prompting and, and, and acknowledge and recognize, and now they know that it's not something set up for manipulation, yep. that, that it's because you love them. Yep. And I feel like that's when then change really starts to happen. Really good. Guys, give Tony a big hand. He is... Um... I'll just tell you in getting to hang out with him and talk to him a lot, he's extremely busy. Um, and so for him to be here is a huge, huge favor to us and a blessing to us. And I um, talk about his busyness because if your family is in a season where you need some outside help, um, I encourage you try and get connected with him, set up an, appoint, set up an appointment. Um, don't use... Don't use therapist or any professional as a, a, a Google search. In other words, I encourage you not to just come up and go, hey, can I get your advice on something real quick? Because um, he doesn't have the time to really unpack all that with you in, in just that moment. What I would really encourage you to do is set up an appointment and go sit down and really unpack what you need to talk about. Does that make sense? Um, because he's going to be at his best and you're going to leave with the most tools. And if he's unable to get you in, we have another resource as well, but um, you can start with Tony. And, and um, if you're in that space where you need some extra help, um, I encourage you keep conversations as a couple going, as a parent going. Um, this is a great book and it transcends parenting and it transcends difficult children. The tools that he talked about are tools that companies are using to communicate with employees. And so we have this many copies, however many we have. If we sell out of those, I promise we'll buy more and have those back here, um, but get that. And um, finally, I wanna have a moment where you and I respond to what God said through this time together. So will you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment?
you would just say this morning, God, I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your leading. I need the Holy Spirit's voice in my life to help me because I'm a young parent. Maybe I'm a single parent. Maybe I'm a parent of a teenager or a parent of an adult. I'm in a space right now where I am feeling lost and frustrated and overwhelmed as a parent. Or maybe you're not on the spectrum that I just described, but you say, I definitely need God's favor and help in my parenting. And I'm thankful for these tools, but I know it's the beginning of a journey and not the conclusion of a journey. I need God's help in my journey as a parent. And I want to begin a different path so that I bring out the best in my kids and that I bring out the best in myself. And if that's you, would you just slide your hand up and yeah, all over, all over. God, we need you. We need the Father's heart. All through scripture, you fight for us as your children. You fight to avoid punishing us. You fight to bring us into doing what's best for ourselves instead of punishing us. You fight to eliminate all the traps we walk into. Sometimes we look at you and we shake our fists and we said, why did you do this? And why did you let this happen? Just as our own kids do to us. And as a parent, I look to my own children and think I didn't cause that discomfort. That was your choice. Just as you look at us and say, I never caused a moment of discomfort in your life. Those have been moments that you've walked into out of either stupidity or rebellion. So God, we want to see things through your eyes. Use your wisdom. Use your tender, forgiving, loving, nurturing, kind, compassionate, empathetic heart. You sent your son so that he could be tempted in every way, so that he would understand. God, there's nothing that you won't do to bring your children closer to you. And God, I'm praying that as we begin these steps today, it helps bring our children closer to not only us, but closer to you as we behave more like you. So I'm thankful for our time together. And as we raise our hands together and we say that we want to be better parents, we want to be different parents, we want your wisdom and guidance in our parenting. We declare that as a faith statement that will not end today, that won't vaporize as we walk out the door, but it'll continue in us in the days forward. In Jesus' name, amen.